Welcome to Sunday morning at First Presbyterian Church. It is a beautiful day in Columbus, Georgia to worship God. I know as we inch into the fall, we are looking for some relief from our heat-soaked lives. And in the same way, I invite you to open yourself to the refreshing and renewing power of God's Holy Spirit. We're glad you're here. Come on in. First scripture reading this morning comes from the book of Psalms, Psalm 118, verse 1, and then we'll pick up again with verses 21 through 29. Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His steadfast love endures forever. And again in 21, I thank you that you have answered me and have become my salvation. The stone that the builders rejected has become the chief cornerstone. This is the Lord's doing. It is marvelous in our eyes. This is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Save us, we beseech you, O Lord. We beseech you, give us success. Blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord. We bless you from the house of the Lord. The Lord is God, and he has given us light. Bind the festal procession with branches up to the horns of the altar. You are my God, and I will give thanks to you. You are my God, and I will extol you. Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, for his steadfast love endures forever. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Our second reading is taken from the book of Colossians. This is Paul's letter to the church in Colossae. We are in chapter 1, verses 11 through 20. 1, 11 through 20. Listen for the word of the Lord. May you be made strong with all the strength that comes from his, that is Christ's glorious power. And may you be prepared to endure everything with patience while joyfully giving thanks to the Father who has enabled you to share in the inheritance of the saints in the light. He has rescued us from the power of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of his beloved Son, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Royal Crown Cola, invented by Claude A. Hatcher, 1905-ish, had his own grocery store. What city? Columbus, Ohio. Columbus, Georgia, right here. Started his grocery store with others, then went out on his own and decided to start his own soft drink line. Tried to get syrup from Coke, wanted, wanted it in bulk and wanted it at a discount. Coke said, nope. He said, fine, I'll do it myself. Invented his own line he called Royal Crown. Royal Crown Cola. What was the first flavor to be Uh, uh, created? Oh, you're close. Ginger. It was ginger ale. 
That was the first, and then developed into several fruity flavors, lemon, strawberry, um, cherry cola to compete with cherry Coke came in later on. The knee-high brand of those fruity drinks came into being. Who, who, who used to drink grape knee-high for those of a certain generation who loved mash? Who was it? Radar, right. Radar O'Reilly uh, in that beloved sitcom used to always love him some grape knee-high. Um, they were the first company to move from bottles to cans and then aluminum cans. They were the first company to offer a diet cola, which is called Diet Right. Diet Right. Um, they also then uh, did a caffeine-free cola and were, were some of the first. Um, still exists under the brand Keurig Dr. Pepper today. There is an international, uh, there's a, another company that owns the international rights, but started right here. A refreshing royal crown. You know what it's like in the summertime or most of the year when you just sweat in Columbus, Georgia? You get a refreshing drink. Does anybody, again, I'm, I'm just being old man, I apologize. Um, do you remember the Nestea Plunge, friends? It was an advertising campaign for Nestea. It was an iced tea. And for a while, the advertising campaign was to get somebody who had mowed the grass or run a marathon. You were hot and sweaty. You got your iced tea and you stand by your pool. And then you do the Nestea Plunge and just a, a backfall into it. And it's refreshing and all-consuming. Today, we are being refreshed. Another definition of refreshed is reinvigorated by Royal Crown. Not cola, but the Royal Crown. That is Christ. As I mentioned to you before, this is Christ the King Sunday. We have traveled a yearly cycle up to this point in our year. Think about it. We'll start next week again in four weeks prior to the coming of the Christ child, we will anticipate and build and build that anticipation until we celebrate Christmas Eve and this year on Christmas Day, which is Sunday. Tell you more about that later. The coming of the Christ child, how that child will grow, how that child will come into his own, be baptized, begin his ministry, he will heal, he will teach, he will reconcile, he will call others, they will go forward, he will give himself on the cross, he will be crucified, he will be raised from the tomb. Pentecost will come, the Spirit will descend, will send them out after they saw him resurrected. They will begin the young church. Paul will go out farther to the Gentiles. That would have been us at the time. The church will grow. Then we also look at the lessons, those individual moments and amazing things that Christ did. All of that culminating to this point. All the way through the year, why do we set, why call this Christ the King? Who is more powerful than the king in a kingdom? Nobody. Even the word Lord, we use Lord for Christ. Even king is higher than Lord. Lord means, yes, you have some authority over people, but no one has more power than the king. 
And for us today, the last day of our church calendar, our liturgical year and cycle, we proclaim and celebrate that Christ is King and Lord of all. Let's take a look at how Paul helps us to understand this. Uh, Paul is writing to this church because there are some issues. Not like our church, they had issues in their church. The issue that Paul was specifically dealing with was that in this particular region, there were heresies that were creeping into the church from early Gnosticism to Jewish mysticism to other pagan cultures and practices that were seeping in, and we've been fighting that ever since. We are surrounded by a culture that more and more does not honor or value our beliefs or our understandings of who we're called to be in the world. True for the first, imagine being one of the first churches and trying to fight against all that surrounds you and that was the issue. Heresies were creeping in. Paul's writing the letter to say, let's, let's pull back a little bit. Let's remember the basics. And writes this letter to the church. In this section, may you be made strong with all the strength that comes from his glorious power May you be prepared to endure everything with patience. I thought if we believe Jesus, all bad things would evaporate and go away. That's not right. No, it's not right. You know it's not right. Paul is telling us here that you have to endure difficulty. And Christ never said, follow me and everything will be perfect and easy he said, follow me and I will be with you and I will help you endure. I will help you be patient even in the most horrible of circumstances. So be prepared to endure everything with patience while joyfully giving thanks to the Father who has enabled you to share the inheritance of the saints in the light. So here we have Thanksgiving in a week that is focused on Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving for what? For bringing us out of darkness into Christ's marvelous light. And that's indeed what we give thanks for. So first this week, I hope many of you on Thursday at least will be thinking about things that you were thankful for. And absolutely, you lift up your blessings, you lift up your thanksgivings, a lot of those might be focused on your situation, your family, your surroundings, the food before you, the house around you, the table in front of you. And yes, lift those things up, but those are not universal. Some people don't have families and are alone. Some people have no food and are hungry. Some people have no homes and are homeless. I'm not saying don't lift those things out. I'm telling you to lift those things out. But in addition to those things, I want you to think about what are the things that we can thank, give thanks for that everybody has universally. And Paul says it here and uses the word inheritance. All of us have inherited the amazing gifts of God through Christ 
that brought us from darkness into the light. And who did Christ come to save? Those in Columbus, Georgia? Well, yeah. Who else? Those larger Georgia? The U.S. of A? Parts of Europe? Asia? Australia? Everybody, yes. Everybody. Christ came not to condemn the world, but to save it. John 3, 17. All of this is our inheritance. What do you do if you are uh, blessed enough to get an inheritance from a family member? How, what did you do to earn that? Often the case is, well, nothing. You're a family member and that person loves you who left you things, but you didn't necessarily earn it. Nothing you did for merit-based, they loved you and so someone left you an inheritance. It's the same thing here. We have been given an inheritance that we did not earn. It is not merit-based. It is God's love and grace and joy through the risen Christ. So when you gather this week, don't forget to lift up some things that all people can celebrate. And that is the love and grace of God and the risen Christ. Yes, you may have to say Jesus in front of others. That's okay. So in addition to inheritance, Paul uses this word transferred us from being a people of darkness into a people of light. That is a military term where those who conquer and win take the people who were conquered and move them to where the dominating military was. That word was used intentionally as Christ as king has conquered darkness and brought us into Christ's kingdom on this earth. The second thing about this, so number one, we are inheritors of all goodness through Christ of God. That's what we give thanks for. And secondly, at the end of this year, this church year, just as we do at the end of the normal church calendar, um, New Year's Eve, New Year's Day. It's a natural time for us to take stock of where we are, in this case today, in our relationship with Christ, our journey with Christ. Where have, think of the highlights of your last year with God. Are there any? If not, why is that? If there were a few that you can identify, think about what those times were and how you expand on that. There should be some on your own. There should be some through the church. It is the time for us to take stock to see, did we grow any last year? Are we the exact same people we were a year ago? That is not the design of our journey with Christ. And it's the time to look and to say, you know, I, I really want to grow in my faith. And come talk to us. If you are stuck and you can't get out of that, that's what we do as a church family, as staff, as elders, deacons, leaders, those who have been people of faith and have worked through some of these issues. We don't ever get it all figured out. Nobody does. But we're here on this journey with one another, and that too is a gift. So today we affirm that Christ is king over what? 
over everything. The word all is used eight times in this passage from Paul. All people, all principalities and powers, everything else, all things on this earth are subject to Christ's rule. We often flip that and worship by our time, talents, and treasure those that claim to be king in this world, whether that is money, power, fame, all of those things that this earth offers, that when we let it take us over, we are in a cycle of destruction. Christ reigns supreme over all of it. Who created this earth? God. Who rose from the dead? Christ did. Who has the power to take sin and death away from us when we certainly do not? Christ does. Christ lives, moves, and has his being within us. And today we celebrate and affirm that Christ is king. That is the highest authority, the most powerful over all things. And it is a time to reorder, to put Christ at the center There were two boys who were bored on a summer afternoon. It was raining, they couldn't get outside. So they decided to do a puzzle. That tells you how bored they were. They were having trouble getting the pieces together until one of the boys turned over the picture on the cover. And it was a picture of a king in a medieval court. And they said, oh, I know how to put the pieces together. The king is in the middle. They started from there and they built out this is what we are called to do today, to reevaluate if Christ is king over all else in our life. And is Christ at the center for us to put the pieces of our life together as we affirm Christ's kingship? Christ is king. Say it with me. Christ is king. One more time. Christ is king. Hallelujah. Amen.